world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave <laughs> Daubenmeyer. Well, I guess I feel a little bit of refreshed, a little refreshed here on a on a Monday morning. It's been a, a pretty busy weekend and got a really, really busy week. I had a chance last night, uh, you know, Rusty Thomas, Pastor Reverend Rusty Thomas, Pastor Rusty and Flip Benham are both in, in town for some, uh, uh, what, are, what are they calling it? Yeah, I forget what they call it. Anyway, uh, spent some time yeah, yeah. with them last night. It's always it's always encouraging to my, to my heart to be around fellow warriors. And I just, you know, would say over and over publicly that uh, – Flip Benham, Reverend Flip Benham, who, by the way, for those of you who don't know Flip, uh, Flip Benham is the guy who uh, was le- director of Operation Save America when I, uh, back in the early 2000s, when uh, my life changed, <laughs> turned upside down, we went a different direction. Uh, I learned so much from Flip, uh, especially about courage, but what it means to be courageous, what it looks like, how you live it out. And Flip's been in town uh, for a couple of days. We met, had spent some time with him uh, yesterday. Going to spend some time with him today. Rusty and Pastor Bill and the crew. By the way, the Brighteon show today will be a, will be a keeper because I'm going to interview Rusty, Flip, and Pastor Bill, and try to ex- ex- explain to people, expose to people why we have to get actively involved in the culture in the society in which we live. And uh, I'm going to share something with you today that I shared with Pastor. Uh, at New Beginnings last night when we had a few minutes. Ezekiel 9, I think you'll find that enlightening. We'll get to that here in a second. Got a lot got a lot going on. Busy, busy week. Busy, busy week coming up. Myra, pray us in. Then we'll go to the, the announcements. We'll go to the schedule because there's a lot of stuff that we have to cover there. So, Myra, go ahead and get going here for us, dear. Yes, Coach. I will be delighted to do so. You know you say that every morning? <laughs> because I'm... I'm just well, so we know, glad you're to delighted. we know you're delighted to do so. <laughs> we know you are. <laughs> it is written. <laughs> I listen, my I listen. It is written. Thank you, coach. Myra, are you ever gonna come in here and say, I hate doing this, but I'm gonna do it anyway? No. You're not gonna say that, are you? Never. So, Myra, are you delighted to do this? <laughs> yes. Okay, we Myra's delighted to do this. Go ahead. okay coach it is written and the reading today is from Ephesians 2 7 to 10 that is Ephesians 2 7 7 through 10 10. throw that up there for Spencer whoever's behind that screen today go ahead and get rolling in get my mouse to work go ahead Myra Yes, coach. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace 
in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, hmm. which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Walk in what? <clears throat> Folks, <clears throat> walk in what? Hang on. Answer that question. Read that again. For, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Oh, that's a dirty word. That's a dirty word. Under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in yes. them. What's them? Good works. Good works. Well, I thought they told us it's not by works that you get to heaven. Isn't that what they tell you? Say, Coach Dave, you're preaching that works gospel. No, I'm not. I'm not preaching a works gospel. I'm preaching a saved by grace gospel. I'm preaching a dying to myself gospel. I'm preaching a greater as love no man than this. Greater love is no man than this. And he will lay down his life for his friends. And then once I've done that, then I'm going to walk in good works. <laughs> God, this is so simple. <laughs> and it's the opposite of what they teach us. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I release the anointing that breaks the power of evil in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Amen, amen, amen. The Browns got beat yesterday in one of the most unbelievable plays yesterday. I'm talking about works there, right? I'm talking about works. Um, the Browns get beat on, I mean, I, I can't, it was, a, I don't know if you saw this, folks, 90 Nine, you know how when they in the middle of a football game, maybe you don't, but you go to ESPN and for the betters, they always put the odds of winning as as the game progresses. The Browns were ninety nine point nine percent odds of winning with two minutes to go in the football game. Ninety nine point nine percent odds of winning, and it never happened in the history of the NFL. They got beat with ninety nine point nine percent, and why did they get beat? Because they didn't do works. Evidently, evidently they were praying on the sidelines that God would, would bat down the ball for them. Evidently, that's what they were doing. So they were all over there in a big huddle on the sidelines, all the football players holding hands, praying, God, please don't let them complete a pass. Please don't let them complete a pass. Please, God, don't let them. And you know what happened? The daggone defensive back didn't cover his man. Hmm. We've been saved under good works. I wouldn't be in such a bad mood today if he'd have done his job, performed his good works. You didn't do it. Say, Coach, you're crazy. I know I'm crazy. But see, 
We don't think anything about it when we as Christians don't do any works. In fact, the church tells us just the opposite. Tells us just the opposite. That we're not supposed to have any works. Now, if we just read what Myra just read there, it says we don't boast in those. That's not my salvation. I don't get saved by my works, but my works are proof of my salvation. Oh man, I I I feel it so strong on me. I'm gonna I'll stop for a minute. I'm gonna come back to it because if I don't come back to it, we'll never we'll never get to it. I got uh, uh, we got a lot going on. Throw the schedule up there. This weekend is Gettysburg. Also, this weekend we have we have another men's gathering uh, here at, at Sky High on what day did I say? Is that Friday night? I think it's Friday night. We've got that going on. Got a lot of stuff going on. And uh, you say, Coach, I don't like it when you do this. Well, I sorry. If you guys don't know what's going on, how are we going to know what's going on? By the way, hey, hey Spence, I don't know if you can help me out there. Uh, my screen is really really foggy. Really foggy. I can hardly see. I can't even read what's up there right now. It's so, so whatever. But anyway, uh, come on in, Craig or Mel or whoever it is going to talk to us about what's going on in Gettysburg this weekend. All right, I'll, I'll um, get started. Um, Spencer, if you could go to the Liberty Action Network website, please. So we've done um, several updates at the website. Um, Silver finished the um, audio spot, so those are now posted there. As you scroll down, you'll see those. So we start off with the proclamations and the videos. Go ahead and scroll down, Spencer, if you would. And then um, keep going there. We want to encourage everybody to um, to sign the, the, the agreement. And then down below, um, the resources that were there before. We now have four audio spots. And those are the ones that Silver has done. Um, and he's put music to the back of those. So they're kind of like radio commercials almost. So go ahead and use those however you want. I've also kind of integrated the um, the work that the, Re- the resistance tricks have been doing into this larger action, along with the National Day of Repentance. Um, Spencer, if you would go to the events tab, um, we've gotten the details worked out on the events, um, and that's going to be for what what we can invite the public to you know to join us in. So anybody who is interacting with the Liberty Action Network, if you can just click on the the um, the words in the heading on that. Um, where it says join us in prayer. Yeah, there you go. So we've got this all worked out now, day by day, addresses, where people can meet us, you know, what time. So go ahead and keep scrolling down, Spencer, if you would. So um, all the different Brighton shows that are going to be broadcast in there, there's links to those. So uh, feel free to interact with this, share this with friends. Um, The only tricky thing is that once you get to the website, you just need to click on the events tab at the top of the page. And then that will take you to the event and then click on the name of the event. And then that'll take you to the details. So that's it, coach. A week away. So how exciting. It's on, it's on, on top of us. Hey, Spence, listen, I'm really, I'm really stressing out here because my screen's not normally like it is. Now I pinned myself because I couldn't see anybody else. So I pinned myself to the screen and it's just never looked like this before. So anyway, just telling you that, that that's great. Hey folks, listen, uh, it's not about numbers. It's not about numbers. I'll get to you here, Craig, because you're the numbers guy. That's not what I meant. <clears throat> Anybody who's followed what we've done for any length of time understands this one thing. We're fire starters. We are a 
In many ways, we are a prophetic ministry. In many ways, we are out in front. And people don't understand. We're like the bulldozer that comes through before they bring in the dirt and then the gravel to make the driveway. We're the bulldozer. And we've called people to come and join us in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, for this time of humiliation, prayer, and repentance. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if only 10 of us go. Now, there's going to be more than 10 of us. But if we think that, we're, uh, you know, if we're sitting around waiting for national attention and all these people are going to show up, that isn't even what it's about for me. And so I just want all of you to know that anybody who can come, we'd love to have you come. And anybody can do it right where you can do it. We'd love for you to do it right where you can do it. We are called by God to lead this day of prayer, repentance, and humiliation. We're called to do it. And Craig, Mr. Zero, he keep, he can sit. He continually shows sends dates my way, and uh, God bless him for digging these things up. And I, I mean, it's not it's not a coincidence at all. We are uh, uh, big. I'm telling you, folks, this might be the most. What would be the word I would use? This might be the most. I don't want to say cataclysmic, but that would be a good word. This has the potential to be the most cataclysmic week in the history of our lives. Has the potential. I'm not telling you that. But there is, they would say, a lot of stars lining up, even though I don't get into astrology. A lot of stars lining up to something big going on to where we are right now. Because if you, uh, you know this, right? The world can't continue on with this. <laughs> we can't. The world can't continue like this. There's no way that it can. So something's uh, something's boiling, it's percolating. Maybe that'd be a better word. Remember that uh, Maxwell coffee? Remember that little, anybody old enough other than me remember Maxwell's coffee? It's percolating, folks. It's percolating. And we're going to continue to push and strive and do whatever we can as long as we have the ability to be here and do it. So we would encourage all of you to, to join with us. Can I Can I just say the truth? Of course you can't, Coach. We're not really sorry. My my microphone's not broken. We're not really sorry. We're not really heart sick over the condition of this country. We're not really heart sick that they're murdering babies in the womb. In fact, from what I understand... They're killing them just the way they always have been, even after the Supreme Court ruled. We're not heart sick over that. We're not heart sick that, that Jesus said it'd be better for you to put a millstone around your neck and throw yourself in the deepest part of the ocean than to continue to mislead one of these little ones who believes in me. Jesus said that. He said, hey, dude, go get yourself a millstone and throw yourself in the deepest part of the ocean. If you're going to ignore what the public schools are doing to kids, if you're going to ignore that, I don't, I don't, want, any, I don't want any part of you. Go ahead, man, and do that. They're teaching our children how to be sexual, sexual deviants, right? Hmm? Church is accepting the sexual deviants somehow with some uh, distorted vision of love. The Lord said, I hate all workers of iniquity. The Lord said that. <laughs> I didn't say that. He hates all workers of iniquity. And the truth is, 
We're not really sorry. I, I'm sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. That's about as far. That's about as far as it goes. And you know what is going to happen to us? There's going to be something happen. You remember nine one one? Sure, you do. Remember how that drove America to its knees? And you remember how we didn't really care? Oh, we moaned and groaned for a while. We had memorials and we flew flags and we had parades. But we didn't, we didn't really care. We didn't really make a connection between the ju- what happened and the judgment of God. Because, by the way, we serve a loving God. We serve a God that just wants to hug everybody and accept everybody and tolerate everybody. Well, he, that, would, that couldn't possibly be judgment. We look uh, right now and see, I'm not doom or gloom. I'm trying to just paint a picture for you. Our financial system is in a a state of collapse right now, even as we speak. Now, they say the dollar, oh, the dollar is strong. What? The dollar is strong? You're just printing them. The dollar is strong. Oh, the food supply, why, we're, we're running out of food, but the dollar is strong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're burning down uh, processing plants and there's droughts and there's floods, but the dollar is strong. How stupid are we? And you know what's going to happen? Uh, I just I said something to Michelle about it. I just it's going to break. It's going to break our heart. When the due judgment of God begins to fall on our country, it is going to break our heart. Now, we didn't rise up and do something about it sooner when we could have. So our trip to Gettysburg and this day of prayer, humiliation, and uh, truth is, most people don't care. They're just living their lives. Chad, as long as it's not their mailbox, they're okay with it. So buckle up. Because we're in for quite a ride, man. That was, uh, that was uh, I didn't mean to get on that one so long. I want to get Craig in here. I want to get. I really want to get to the calendar to talk about some good stuff on the calendar. Go ahead, Craig. I know you got something to say. I'm going somewhere today. Stay with me. Go ahead, Craig. Yeah, so it's going to be short, Coach. But I just okay. have you ever gone to a play where like they do an act and the curtain closes and you hear all that moving around there? Yeah. That's what's going on in second heaven this week. So yeah. whether, when they open the curtain up, whether it's the 26th. They're moving the furniture, they're moving the furniture around, huh? They're, oh, they're God moving the furniture around. The furniture. And, and uh, part of that's what's going across the pond there in England today. Okay, so, but yeah. I want to get to uh, what's what's going on here. Right now, you know, we have this facility. We have uh, uh, 12 rooms, and uh, we got basically uh, somebody in each one of the uh, beds in the room, but the house has room for like pull out couches and that kind of thing. So we got about 24 people right now that are, they're coming to the location that we've rented. So there's some more room for that if you want. Uh, so get, get a hold of me. And well, it's, now, uh, it's, Greg, it's now open. It's now open on, on uh, coach Dave live. They can go there and register on coach Dave live. now. That's right. Yeah. It's on, it's on page and all that so uh, i'm just letting them know that if if you, if you have a heart that you want to come and there's room to be able to do that at the facility and then um, we have some really neat activities uh on saturday we're going to be uh going with a guided tour from the park service for pickets march if you're going to actually go and see what these guys did and then in the afternoon uh we're going to go around tour the audio part of it I was able to secure a van for 15 of us to ride in and a couple of others can follow behind in the cars with the numbers that we got here. That's going to work out well. We're going to be fed really well. Pit beef sandwiches, 
uh, fried chicken uh, Sunday. You know, we got David Hebner that's going to be preaching on, on the site right where we're at. So we're going to have so a in other, words, in other words there, Craig, when we're following our face in prayer and humiliation and sadness, we're going to be stuffing our mouths. Is that what you're saying? Well, the Lord, Lord takes care of his own, Coach. Just, okay. just, just, just All right. Before, I guess before the manna falls for everybody else, we're going to eat well. And then um, Sunday night, we got uh, your, yourself and uh, David Keith speaking at a pavilion in Gettysburg uh, Rec Center. And then Monday is the big thing. Uh, you know, if you have family or friends that are, you know, in the proximity of the area, one o'clock, we have a permit to go to the Peace Monument, which is where the Gettysburg Battle started, Coach. The Gettysburg Battle started at 1 p.m. on July 3rd. And guess what? We'll be there at 1 p.m. on September 26th. So there's a lot of neat things that are going to be doing. Check the um, Liberty Mail's done a great job. It's all there. And the events page for your uh, website for those coming. We'd love for all of you to join us, friends. If you can, uh, just even where you are, just fall on your face at home on that day in prayer and repentance, if you could, humiliation. Hey, God means business. I wish we did. I wish we meant business because I promise you, he does. Uh, Glenn, go ahead, Glenn. Come on in. I know you got something too. A lot of stuff on the calendar. Yeah, I just want to mention, uh, for this is for the Ohio men uh, who were at the last meeting. Uh, this meeting is Friday. You need to RSVP Dennis Fashbaugh. This Friday. Uh, this Friday, Friday 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, at uh, Pastor Tom Gill's. Uh, 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, but please, RSVP Dennis Fashbaugh. I, I think, is the email in uh, on the on the events page, Coach? Dennis, uh, yes. Email? It should, okay. it should be. yeah. Okay. All right. That's for the Ohio men. Thanks. All right. Good. Uh, uh, uh. So, Throw the rest of it up. Hey, Spencer, I wish you could sit where I am. This is never a screen that I ever had. I, I pinned it or something. I don't know what I did wrong. Uh, can you make it a little bit bigger? Because I can't even, it's a small, can't even read it if I can. Because there's some other things going on as well. Uh, oh, there. Now, now that's something to help me out a little bit. Uh, just go to the just go to this, uh, events page if you could, Spence. <clears throat> Are you there? Is that what it is? All right, there we go. Because, look, we got a lot going on. In it to win it, that's what's going on at uh, Pastor Bell's right now. Got the Gettysburg huddle, Central Ohio huddle for men. Scroll on down a little bit more. Thank you. There we go. Texas Law, Site and Law Brigade event, September 24th. Revive us, the Save America Revival Tour down in uh, Dayton, Ohio. That's Saturday the 1st. That's going to be wonderful. The Michigan Salt and Light Brigade event, October 22nd. As you can see, we're full bore ahead on uh, on fighting back against the, the, the unfruitful works of darkness. Uh, cool. I want to move on. Anything else from the – any other announcement? Anything I've forgotten to say? I don't want to do that. No? No? Coach, get this up here. Okay, cool. Uh, I want to do that. Uh, oh, I <laughs> – oh, my goodness. Can I dive into it here? Can I dive into it? Say, sure, Coach, go for it. Go for it. Thank you. I had a chance last night, as I said, to be with Rusty and Flip and Pastor Bill and guys up there, and I was um, I was impacted again. Uh, Spencer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you a curveball. It's big. I want you to look, I want you to look up right now. Uh, Robert Foss' poem, uh, Two Roads Diverge in a Yellow Wood. 
What was the name of that, folks? What's the official name of that? The Road Less Traveled? I think it's called The Road Less Traveled. I believe so. Mm-hmm. And I, I shared on uh, the other night, I had a chance there at uh, New Beginnings to sh- have a few minutes to share. And the Holy Spirit laid that on my heart. The road not taken. Boot camp. I, I, want you, I want you to think about your life and where you are and what's going on around your life. And it was really weird that the Holy Spirit gave me this. And I shared from this. So I want to share it for you this morning. Because I believe we're coming into, the Bible calls it the valley of decision. Doesn't it? That's what it calls it. Robert Frost called it something else. He called it the road not taken, or the road less traveled is the way I learned it, right? So here's what Robert Frost wrote. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood and... Sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood. I looked down one as far as I could could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then I took the other. It's just as fair. And having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy, wanted wear. Though as for that, the passing there, I'd warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Uh, I kept that first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence. The two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. That's made all the difference. Hmm. It's pretty profound, isn't it? Yogi Bear, the great Catcher and manager in the New York Yankees said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. (laughs) And I I was reflecting on uh, 20 some years of doing what I do now. And that that decision day that Michelle and I had when, when we decided when I, when I walked away from the road that the Lord had me on after I'd been sued by the American civil liberties union and, going through all that that stuff when the Lord told me to step out of the boat. It was hard for me. I have to be honest with you. I looked, the roads were diverging. If I go here, I'm done coaching. And if I go here, it'll be something I've never experienced before. So there I was kind of at the height of my coaching career. And I said, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to take that road less traveled. And I, I sit here 20 years removed from that point. And we all, as we look over our shoulder, try to decide whether or not what we did was the right thing. And I look over my shoulder 20 years past. I could have stayed in teaching and coaching and probably been at some point in the Ohio High School Football Coaches Hall of Fame. 
or I could go down this road and be rejected by those who had earlier been throwing roses at my feet. And so I sit here 20 some years later and I look at the queue and I look at what's going on. And I think I made the right decision. Choosing that uncomfortable, unknown, dark, scary path made all the difference. I'm here to encourage all of you because I know a lot of you out there, you're struggling with a lot of different things. And, you know, some of you, oh, you're losing friends. You, your pastor's mad at you. You're leaving your church. You're arguing with your family and all this kind of stuff going on. And I think the whole purpose of Robert Frost's poem and the reason the Lord wanted me to read it is because uh, going down that clear, easy road is not always the best choice. And going down that road less traveled, for me, made all the difference. And I just want to encourage all of you that where you're sitting right now, some of you in the Valley of Decision, maybe even right now. You have to be careful with the advice you receive. Because there's a tendency. I've, uh, somebody said to me once, I don't know who it was. It's probably been said many, many times. In order to have something you've never had, you're going to have to do something you've never done. I'll say it again. In order to have something that you've never had, you're going to have to do something that you've never done. And that's scary. Really, really scary. But we live in an unbelievably turbulent times right now, friends. And the opportunity some of you have to step out and go down a road. I'm not talking about quitting your job. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about standing up and doing something that the Lord has laid on your heart. The opportunity for you to do that may never come again. And understand this. That road that's less traveled. That's the one that makes all the difference. And sadly, you don't know it till you get down it. I was sitting up at Sky High the other day. Throw that pond up there. Throw the picture of the pond up there. I sent this out to a bunch of folks. Look at that thing. Look at that thing. Going to rain today. Thank you, Lord. Going to get some rain in that thing today. Can I tell you something? That's the road less traveled right there, isn't it, boys and girls? Look down that. That's the road less traveled. In fact, is it just me, or does there appear to be a fork in the road there? One's the old the old driveway, Steve, that old driveway, that old rocky driveway, and the other one's the new driveway. And that new driveway is not developed yet, is it? You see, see what's going to break off to the right there? I want to encourage some of you out there today. Now may be the time to take a risk. I don't even know what that means. Do you think the dollar's going to, do you think you're going to keep your cushy job forever? <clears throat> I hate to tell you this. You think your teacher's retirement's going to be there? You really think that? You think your VA benefits are going to be, you, what? 
You think your 401k or 501b, whatever they, you think that, what? You think the Social Security is going to be there? Two roads diverge in yellow wood. I chose the one less traveled by. That's made all the difference. If you're in this queue today, you're a difference maker. You're a difference maker. You are a touchdown ready to be scored. You're it. You're the hero ready to make the game-saving play. But you will never do that if you don't take the risk. The Lord's in the middle of risks, boys and girls. If he's called you to it, he'll walk you through it. If he's called you to it, he'll provide the way for you to get to it. He said he would never leave you and he would never forsake you. Now, again, I'm not here telling you to quit your job. That's all I'm telling you. But I can tell you this. Some of you have been sitting on an initiative that the Lord has asked you to do for months, if not years, and you want to stay on that old gravel road. You know what I'm going to, you know what I know? 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, that pond's still going to be here. Full of fish and fresh water and who knows what else. And you as a child of God, what mark are you leaving? What mark are you leaving? Because when I look at this picture right here, I don't even hardly notice that old gravel road. That one I used to go down. And that's made all the difference. Amen. I want to share some stuff with you on my heart here today. Pull up, if you would, for me. Uh, it says Rappaport. Because we were talking the other day about, uh, well, we're all worried, we're all worried about what, what's going on, right? Uh, with the FBI and the CIA and the DIA and the PIA and the UIA and the MIA, the government overreach and all this. I, I saw this from John uh, Rappaport. I, I enjoy him a lot. I don't, that sounds stupid. I, enjoy, I often enjoy his readings. Let me rephrase that. And you like common sense? I like common sense? Here's what John Rappaport wrote the other day. Here's the average normal thought, he says. If there was a plot to do more than doubt the vote tally in the election, if there was an actual plot and a launched operation to overturn the official election result, or an actual launched operation to kidnap elected federal legislators or take over the government, Instead of the droning January 6th hearings and the declaration that all MAGA people are dangerous extremists and a threat to the nation. Well, let's see the plot and the operation spelled out in detail, all spelled out in one piece with the evidence attached. That's all. Not the recitation of some supposed QAnon person said or claimed or something Coach Dave did did on his show or Joe said on his show. Not that. Not what some goofball, powerless plotters might have talked about in the cellar one night. Not some high-flying assertions from Democrats or rhinos. 
not generalizations from the FBI or the DHS or DOJ or the P on me, not a recitation of suggestive comments possibly made by Trump people or Trump himself, not arrests and prosecutions of people connected to January 6th on charges like criminal trespass. Explaining in detail and proving what the supposed launched operation was. That's what any normal accuser would give us. Here's the crime. Here's the evidence. Here's your role in it. So let's have it. Let's see it. Let's see it all. Make a case. Making a case isn't splattering circumstantial factors all over the landscape. Making a case isn't blowing smoke from Nome to Miami, making a case isn't saying, with all this testimony, we can see the picture is emerging. Making a case is making a case. Let's see the specific claims with the specific evidence attached. That's all. If you haven't gotten that, No sane person should be interested. You've got propaganda, which is cheap, which you can buy anywhere, which you can produce at the drop of a hat by threatening people and getting them to say what they would never ordinarily say. So government, make your case. Let's have it. That is it, isn't it? That concocted thing that they put up against us the other day, concocted, well, Coach said this, and Jeff Klein said this, and Rudy said that, and Tammy said this, and Billy said this, and uh, John Brockhoff said this. Hey, where's the beef? Where's the beef? Show us the beef. I wanted to encourage you with that. Can I show you something else? Whether it be encouraged or discouraged, I don't know what to tell you. Go to, go to uh, Chrislam. Chrislam. I'm not going to focus long on this. Did you know this? Chrislam is confirmed, folks. Led by Pope Francis, leaders of the world's religious formally adopted human fraternity document at the 7th Congress. What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We all serve the same God. I'm not going to scroll down and make you puke when you read. Uh, I'm okay, Lord. I'll, I'll ask that question. I'll ask that question. I ran into a friend the other day as a Catholic. I used to be a Catholic, so I'm. I guess I'm. St- I don't think they threw me out. And I said, uh, "How can you follow that Pope?" And this person said, easy. He's not a Catholic. So what? No, he's not a Catholic. Isn't it funny that the Pope's not Catholic and the president's not president? Yet we continue to follow both. And the New World Order folks and the end time people get so excited because now to see, there it is, there it is. One world religion. Amen. Chasing signs. 
Hey, can I say this openly? You know, the Pope said that it's wrong and dangerous to be born again. You want me to bring that clip up? You want me to bring that up? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you can't be born again. Oh, no, 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 this, no, no, this thing called religious thing, hey, it's a group think, man. It's group think. Oh, don't you dare go thinking you're born again and on your, and a personal relationship with Jesus. Are you kidding me? Blasphemy. The pontiff said, Oh, folks, the enemies are those of our own household. We don't even say, say, well, coach, he's not of our own household. He claims to be. (laughs) He sure claims to be. Say, we're the family of God. Uh, Can I do one more? Go ahead, Paul. I got another one I want to throw up there. Go ahead, Paul. Put that in the chat, please. Yeah, put that in the chat. (laughs) What a crazy one. Go ahead, Paul. So, Coach, it's not all bad. You're not a coach anymore, and I'm not a doctor, and Myra isn't a counselor. So <laughs> it goes both ways, Coach. And men aren't men, and women aren't women, no, right? No, that, that, you know what? That's, yep. no, we're still Follow the science. Come on, Paul. If you just followed the science, you wouldn't be in the mess that you're in, see, huh? Huh? Yeah, you got you to be, be following the science. You got to be doing what they tell you to do. Hey, go to the second one there, folks. Hydroxychloroquine work. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Dr. Harvey Risch discusses the biggest lie of COVID-19 pandemic the result, that resulted in hundreds of thousands of deaths. Uh, play just a couple minutes of this, if you would. This is an interview he did with Steve Dace. I don't know if you guys know Steve Dace or not. Hey, folks, this guy, he's in trouble, Paul. Because you know what he said? Because we didn't use, there it is. Because we didn't use hydroxychloroquine, hundreds of thousands of people are dead. Play it real quick. You can't speed it up. As we look back over the last 29 months, what has been, and maybe this we could do an entire book on this question, brother, but what's been the biggest lie that even you, as someone at the upper echelons of these institutions, is just like, how is anyone with a straight face actually attempting to sell this, regardless of whether they've been bought and sold or not? Oh, that's a difficult question because there's so many. Um, to <laughs> me, the biggest lie is the FDA webpage on hydroxychloroquine. Mm. So the FDA webpage was mounted July 1st of 2020. It's been there for two years. It's a fraud. The, the webpage says... Warning, hydroxychloroquine should not be used in outpatient treatment because of risk of cardiac adverse events. That's in the big bold letters. And then underneath, in small print, it says, we base this warning on adverse events that we've observed in the treatment of hospitalized patients. Now, there's two things about this. First is that uh, COVID-19 is a completely different disease in outpatients and hospital patients. In outpatients, it's a flu-like illness with cough, muscle aches, fever, sore throat, um, sneezing, you know, and so on, the tiredness, uh, headaches, the standard things that people get in, you know, severe colds or flu. However, on about day eight, plus or minus, in, in a, a sub- subset of people, uh, 
they progress to a more intense pulmonary illness that's a, a pneumonia-like illness where the immune system overreacts and deposits a, a lot of immune debris in the lungs and makes breathing difficult and oxygenation difficult. That's a kind of acute respiratory distress syndrome that requires hospitalization. That's a totally different disease. It has a different treatment. It is, it is totally unrelated to outpatient treatment. Nevertheless, the FDA said we base our recommendation on against outpatient treatment on the basis of hospital experience. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you can understand that if the FDA actually had any evidence to support adverse events in the treatment of outpatients, it would have said that. Mm -hmm. On a website talking about outpatient treatment, if they thought they could suppress outpatient treatment because they had evidence in outpatients, they would have used that. That would have been the first line of argument. And since that is missing from this webpage, it proves that they do not have systematic evidence of outpatient ill effects in using hydroxychloroquine in outpatients. Now, why this is the biggest lie is that this was the crux of the whole pandemic in the first place, that the suppression of hydroxychloroquine started before anybody even knew there was a pandemic and uh, before President Trump had even said anything. It started, to my knowledge, in fall of 2019 when the Minister of Health in France changed the status of hydroxychloroquine from an over-the-counter medication that anybody could just go to the drugstore and buy to a prescription-only medication. She cited completely false uh, uh, theory that hydroxychloroquine was what was called genotoxic, that it had caused genetic okay, damage Scott, in cells. You go ahead and cut that. You can put it in the chat. He goes on to say this. If they had used hydroxychloroquine, hundreds of thousands of people would still be alive. And they chose at the very beginning to ban hydroxychloroquine because they knew it was effective, folks. So doctors aren't doctors. Pastors aren't pastors. Teachers aren't teachers. Governments aren't governments. Ain't nothing normal that's normal anymore. And guys like this, you better be careful. He's going to end up visiting the queen here real soon if he continues to talk this way. So the, our government knew that hydroxychloroquine would take care of early stages of this thing they called COVID and chose, in fact, not to spread it. What are you going to say, Paul? I was just going to remind people where this all came out of. It was the premier medical journal, The Lancet. And then, of course, that went to the uh, Journal of uh, of uh, New England Journal of Medicine, the whole nine yards. This fooled a lot of folks. Um, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on amongst my peers right now. Amen. Because they're starting to see it too, aren't they, Paul? They're starting to see it. Let me yeah, let me finish up with this. Okay, we got about uh, ten minutes, twelve minutes. You can jump in here. I got a. Uh, we got fifteen minutes, I guess. Uh, I had a chance to, last night again at uh, New Beginnings to give my 10 minutes worth. Actually, I guess I went about 20 minutes. And I made this illustration last night. Ask this question. I've said this before, but we get new people tuning in all the time. So I want to go there again with it. Uh, what do plumbers do? Can somebody tell me what do plumbers do? What do electricians do? This is going, you don't have to answer. What do electricians do? Uh, they fix electric. Uh, what do uh, tow truck drivers do? Uh, well, they go tow trucks or cars. 
what do uh, homemakers do? Well, they take care of home. What do uh, football players, well, what do Cleveland Browns defensive backs do? Well, they're supposed to cover receivers. That's, that is how you identify a defensive back. You identify him by what he does. You with me? What do writers do? They write. They write. What do public speakers do? They speak. You ready? What do Christians do? It's like, it's like somebody said to me, uh, like somebody said to me one time, he said, you know, coach, uh, Christianity is just like taking vitamins. I said, what? He says, yeah, be one. Ha, 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 ha. What does that entail? What does a Christian do? You can tell me what a plumber does. You can tell me what a prostitute does. You can tell me what a baseball player does. You tell me what a catcher does. You can, everything that you can think of, the description of that person is defined by what they do. What do they do? That brings us back to what Myra was talking about at the very beginning, wasn't it? What was that verse again, Myra? Can we pull that back up there? What did you read to us today? Yes, Coach. Um, that was <laughs> Ephesians 2, 7 to 10. Ephesians 7 to 10. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in those good works. Okay, somebody tell me. What are good works? What does a Christian do? One in that. Well, that's, that's really very simple, Dave. They practice the commands that Jesus Christ taught us. They practice the command, not just they do or they they follow or whatever, but they practice. And you know that from being a coach. You don't do nothing well unless you practice it. But that's what Christians practice are the commands that Jesus Christ himself taught us, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what Christians do. And if you don't do Matt, very general, how do you identify that? The Bible says, uh, by, as far as I know, it's not really one of the commands, but Jesus said, one, uh, one of the writers said, have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. What do Christians do? Do what Dave Dabemeyer does. Which is what? Expose the works of darkness. What else? Do, oh, come on, folks. Jump in here, man. We got to come up with a job description here in Christianity. What do we do? 
How would you? How do you know what a Christian is by what he does? Oh, don't tell me he goes in his prayer closet. Oh, don't don't tell me that. No, 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 no. Don't tell me that. What? How would you ever be able to look at somebody and says, you know, there's a Christian. There's one. How would you know by what he does? Bible says you're known by their fruit. Their fruit. What is fruit? Do you, do you, is your refrigerator full of unknown fruit? Or do you know what's in there? Margaret, come on in. You have to unmute yourself. The um, definition of a Christian, what does a Christian do? In my uh, my uh, idea is that um, a Christian is here to advance the kingdom of God on this earth. Okay, what's that look like? Uh, living according to scriptures, doing good, um, being a representative. What's that, like? what's that look like? To me, generalities. To me, generalities, Margaret, because I got one pastor would say that if I go to the abortion clinic, I'm not doing good. I'm judgmental and hateful. What do Christians do? Well, I'm not yelling at you, live Margaret. according to the commands of the scripture. Yeah. What do they do? <laughs> what do they do? Look, Mar- hey, Margaret, I'm not making fun of you. We speak in such generalities that we can't even define who we are by what we do. We can't even do it. Come on in, Sarah. Okay. How about protecting the innocent, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, standing up for those that can't stand up for themselves, helping the widows? How about speaking up? How about being a witness? Mm -hmm. K-A-E. Come on in, K. Testimony from others and the one you give yourself. Yeah? Come on, man. What kind of testimony? Huh? What kind of testimony? A loving, godly testimony. They walk the walk. They talk the talk. Hey, Kay, listen, I'm going I'm to say something right now. It's going to make a lot of you mad. I, I don't care. I'm just, I love you enough to tell you the truth. If somebody held you down with a gun to your head and made you tell what you had done to advance the kingdom, You'd be, you, you wouldn't be able to speak. All of us. You say, well, coach, it's not about works. Pardon me. The hell it isn't. We just read it. Amen. Well, we are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And what does the church tell us? Yeah, you don't have to do any good works. Oh, yeah, you do. You have to do the mercy ministry. Go feed the poor and take care of the sick. That's all That's all good. That's all good. That ain't all of it. That ain't all of it. I don't want a football player who's out there to make the other team feel, feel better. I'm earnestly contending for the faith, by the way, which is what the scripture says a Christian would do, right? John the Baptist, John the Baptist went. I could pull it up, but I don't have time. John the Baptist went, and he went to the king. 
He went to the king and he said to the king's wife, you are a slut, ma'am. You are a slut. And John the Baptist got his head cut off by Herod and his boys. And what did Jesus say? Did Jesus say, Dad, go on, Herod, if you'd have just kept your mouth shut, if you'd have just shown him the love of Jesus, maybe you would have got him saved. Doggone you, John, won't you ever learn love, love, love? No, that's not what he said, did he? He said, of all those born unto a woman, none was greater than John the Baptist. Jesus Christ himself said that, friends. Because can I tell you why? Because the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ speaks to power. Why did they crucify Jesus? Did they crucify Jesus because he was uh, feeding the sick? Did they crucify him because he's raising people from the dead? Is that why they crucified Jesus? No, no, they didn't crucify Jesus. They, because of that, because of his good works, they crucified Jesus because others said, hey, he's claiming there's another king. <laughs> hey, Caesar, Jesus says there's another king. Are we saying that today? And your daily walk? Are you proclaiming to other people that Jesus Christ is the King of the Kings? The Lord of the Lord. Jesus Christ is the potentate over everything. Are we saying that? No, we don't say it. You shall know them by their fruit. What do Christians do? Quickly, Angie, come in then, Dale. Good morning. I just wanted to add to your list of what the fruit looks like and what our works are supposed to look like. Jesus himself said, if you love me, keep my commands. And the only commands he was teaching were those when the only scriptures they had, which are the original scriptures of the Father and the original commandments of the Father. If you love him, do what he says to do. Be in obedience. That's what the Father's looking for. Obedience. They said to Jesus, what's the two commandments? What's the greatest commandment? He says there's only two of them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And that's not a new commandment. That is in Deuteronomy 6. But that's in the original. And love the Lord your God with all your heart is the original. And then the other one, love your neighbors. That's Leviticus 19.18. That is nothing Mm -hmm. new. Jesus was quoting the original pattern. Amen. Dale. Well, brother, when John the Baptist was in prison, he he sent word to Jesus. He said, are you he, right? Or is there another we should be looking for? And Jesus didn't do the mercy ministry thing and go visit him in prison. Not that he didn't tell us not to. He says, you go back and report to John. The things, listen to what he said is a key little thing there. He says, go back to report to John the things which you are seeing. Right? What was he, the works that Jesus was doing? He says, the blind see, the deaf hear, the, the lame the, walk, the de- right? The lame walk, right? And, and the gospel of the kingdom is being preached. There it is. That's what Christians do. That's what Christians do. Jeff, come on in. 
just real quick tonight tomorrow night in it to win at boot camp flip and rusty are the generals in this battle so two more nights if you want to hear him in warsaw I'm, speak- I'm speaking tonight i just want to clarify that don't come to hear rusty i'm speaking tonight if you want to hear me i'll be speaking joanne go ahead uh, yeah, this really touches on oh, something yeah, like that. Okay, um, Go ahead. I just <laughs> I just wanted to say that it's not so much the works as how the works are displayed. Are they displayed in va- vanity? Like, are you going to get recognition for it, or is God going to get recognition Always for it? Always check your heart. Always check your heart. Jeff, now go. Destroy the works of the devil. We have faith, justification, sanctification. Faith, you believe in death and burial and the resurrection, and thou shalt be saved. You confess. And then we have justification, means we are declared holy. We live every single day, know that we're a sinner, but we repent and believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, we become Judah, declared holy. We're de- de- right. And then we're sanctified. We stand before God, the books are open, the pages are empty. What do we do? Not what are we? What do we do? I'm sanctified. What do I do with it? Judah, go. Coach, Ephesians 5.11 has nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Expose that defense. That Amen. Quarterback, that quarterback's got a twisted ankle. What are we going to do on offense? We're going to expose it to score points, and offense wins games. We're going to take Amen. that ball down the zone. Amen. And Amen. run up the We're score. Run up We're the going score. to advance a kingdom. We're going to advance a kingdom. Advance a kingdom. That's what, that's what Christians do. God bless you. See you tomorrow.